Welcome to Travel Stories by Witty Travels. Hello to everyone listening on YouTube, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts. We are your hosts. I'm Will. And I'm Patty. In today's episode, we're going to tell you about our experience and our time in Bosnia and Herzegovina, all in 2021. We visited Mostar, Blagaj, as well as Sarajevo. In the description, we'll have the timestamp, so if you just want to go to a particular moment or a particular city, and we'll also have the links because we did video on all of this. So if you want to actually see what this looks like with your own eyes, we'll give you the links to go to YouTube and check those videos out as well. But we start off by getting into Bosnia and Herzegovina. And this is always a different experience every single time. It's good if you can go off of your memory on what actually happened the last time, but <laughs> every experience and every border crossing is a brand new bag. So here we had a couple of options. Now we're in Pokerisa, Montenegro, the country, well, city in the country, right below where we're going in next, right? Bosnia and Herzegovina. And there was a couple of options. And it wasn't like you can just show up and you just get on a bus because it was like every other day or just a couple of times a week, they had options to go to two of the major cities. And I thought maybe we go to Sarajevo first. But when we went to the bus stop to see the options, basically you can go Friday in the middle of the night. Not a good option. <laughs> and they drop you off, not even at a bus stop. So basically you'd leave at eight o'clock at night from Pogorica. You'd get there, you know, I don't know, two or three in the morning in the middle of the night. And on top of that, you're not at a bus stop. So Lord knows where they would actually drop you off. Okay. That's not the best uh, plan. And then there's also an option to go to Mostar, uh, which is another major city that we wanted to see as well, a little bit west of Sarajevo. And that was a little bit better because the bus would leave at eight o'clock. We never know how long these things are going to take. Eight o'clock in the morning. Eight o'clock in the morning. <laughs> so eight o'clock at night. So yeah. that's much better. And because you can look at Google Maps and you can say, hey, this is going to be like five or six hours. But, um, you know, you probably add an hour or two hours because between the border crossing and between the fact that they never take the quickest way possible. Mm -hmm. So they could easily go from Pogorica um up to uh, i think nixigic or something like that the next major city and then up to the border but instead they decide to go like completely west to the water and then work their way up so it's it's a lot more because they have to go and pick up other people uh mm -hmm. i don't know how it is in normal times like how it would be in 2019 but at least today um, they need to make sure it's worth their time so there's mm -hmm. less routes to get from city to city country to country and they have to make sure they stop at each bus stop to make sure that they're picking up as many people as possible, getting as many people as they possibly can onto the bus before making uh, these big trips. Yeah, and the cool thing that about the route that we did take was it was along the coast. And so it was early. Actually, no, we didn't leave at 8 a.m. We left at 6 a.m., remember? Because we saw the sunrise. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so... Um, so as we were going along the the roads along the water, because it was the weather and early in the morning, there was like fog everywhere. We were high up in the mountains and you could just see this overlaying fog across the whole city of uh, Couture, is it? Yeah. Yeah. And so it just, it looks really cool. Um, and also the other thing we didn't mention, it was a tiny little van, minivan. Until we got to Couture, and then they switched us into a little bit of a bigger bus. Remember that? Yeah, so when we got, <laughs> we got there, we made the, the journey to the station, and uh, on the way there, we were followed by one of the many stray dogs we've run into, mm -hmm. uh, you know, in our entire trips, trip to the Balkans. And, you know, they have the little tags on their ears, so I'm sure that they're vaccinated, and if they were to, like, bite you, uh, you probably wouldn't get any sort of, like, disease or anything like that. But... Still, they get really, really close. What was the city that... I don't remember the city that we're in. We were in, um, with the Rosaka Castle? Uh, Skodra. Yeah, so we're in Skodra, and as we're walking, like, this dog, like, brushed up against me to the point where I really thought someone was trying to, like, pickpocket me. Now, I'm pretty yeah. good with making sure you can't easily pickpocket me. I'm not going to tell you all the way out. But uh, I try to keep pretty safe where, you know, you can't easily just come up and easily rob me. 
Um, so I was like, why the heck is someone getting up next to me like this close? And then I looked down and like, and it's this dog and I can't lose him for any sort of, uh, distance. Uh, you try to speed walk no matter what I do. And, and he like jumped up and tried to play with you too, I think, cause you had taken your beanie off. Yeah. So I took off yeah. my beanie and I guess he thought it was like, it was, uh, either food or like I'm throwing a ball or a frisbee or something. So it's not like they're mean, aggressive dogs. It's just they're, they're so loving and they're probably just trying to be friendly to everyone to get a new home. Uh, and that's that's great, but uh, you know we obviously can't pack much in our backpacks. Uh, nonetheless, uh, you know a new animal or a new pet. <laughs> uh, so this dog in the morning was was doing the same thing as we're walking to the bus stop. Probably about halfway there, he, he saw us. He think he's hanging out at a gas station and and followed us all the way uh, there. And it's not like they he stopped following us when we got to the bus stop. He followed us all the way in because there was just like these. Um, you know, grocery store, like electronic sliding doors. So he came right into the lobby. As we put our stuff down, um, he sat or laid down right next to us. Yeah. Uh, it's like, we're not getting rid of this dog anytime soon. So uh, there was eventually, a, when we're going out to the van slash bus area, there were um, some better dividers with like some turn stall kind of thing. So the dog couldn't follow us there. But mm -hmm. for the most of the time, the dog was hanging out with us. And then yes, we go up and they told us what terminal it was. We really never know what's going on. We try at least learn the basics of the language, but there's no way, uh, you know, in a, in a week per city or two weeks per country that I can learn it enough to say, is this the proper bus, <laughs> you know? So I basically show them the ticket and say, Mostar? And it's like, yeah, Mostar. And then we get in. And then once the bus is basically loaded, the sorry, the little van is loaded up, Besides maybe one stop, one extra seat, then like a group of what? What was it? Four like, guys? I think three guys, yeah. Three or four guys. Uh, and I'm like, they're not going to fit in there. So they definitely oversold the, the bus that we could have. So then our van driver goes to the, the, the bus and he starts, uh, you know, talking with them. And I guess those guys go on to that bigger bus. So we didn't know at that moment, which we never really know unless, you know, uh, like hours later, we can kind of put two and two together, get some context clues, but usually things happen and we're just like, I have no idea what, what, what's going Let's on. So <laughs> at that moment, we weren't sure if they weren't really going to Mostar, they're going somewhere else. And like that was a bus for them. But yes, as we went along this long scenic route to uh, the water, when we got to, I think, Budva is how you say it, that is where we noticed that this other bus um, had uh, all have those guys on it and basically was following us or we were following them. Uh, yeah, so we got off the smaller minivan and got into uh, the larger bus with those guys as they had room when uh, they dropped off some people at that bus stop. But um, yeah, you, you never know. Uh, you're not going to go the, the quickest route, the shortest route, and um, you don't know when you're going to have to get off of one van and go mm -hmm. onto another van or onto a bus. So yeah. it, it's always interesting. But um, So we've learned to yeah. pack our snacks. <laughs> right, you know, and it's like you don't know if you're... when. You know, when you're going to stop for for lunch or if it's even going to be food you want to eat or you could eat. So, you know, we, we always pack, uh, you know, sandwiches and chips and uh, other like uh, Nutri-Grain bars and things like that. So we don't completely uh, starve on this on this route. And because um, we don't know if it's going to be like five hours, ten hours, you never know. Uh, <laughs> so that's always interesting. But eventually... Uh, we did make it to uh, to Mostar, which was our first destination. Well, hold on. You got to talk about this uh, crossing the border deal. All our crossing the border deals are, are pretty exciting these days. Um, so we get to the border of Bosnia and Herzegovina. Yeah, so we get to the border here. Um, I, I remember there being three um, border stops. So the first one... Not a big deal, basically. The bus driver will write all of your names down on a piece of paper and he'll they'll turn it into the first border crossing. Then here we got to we had three on, on this one at least. Then we get to the second one and we get all, all off of it. We hand our passports and our information, documentation, no problem, and then we get back on. And then it was the third one where we had some issues. So we all went through no problem. We did not have issues. We didn't have issues, <laughs> but then some other people on our bus, which is probably these other guys. I think they were, I think there were the guys in the original city that... Right, so back to the part of we don't know what is going on, we have no context, even with other people speaking the same language, joking around, like, hey, this... Definitely explaining 
uh, in their native tongue what was going on, but we couldn't understand any of that. Um, so I think I, we think some of the issue was maybe like their passports, like they might have been. Um, they definitely had different passports than us. I think they're like maybe they're from Turkey or something like that, where there was more issues. Maybe they didn't have all the right documentation that they needed. Um, but yeah, they they weren't going through. Um, so they all went to um, like the border crossing guard agency, right? Yeah. So they're basically okay. taken in the bag to detention to talk to them. So we don't know what they did not have or if it was an issue with their passport. But we were sitting there for how long? What, like 30 extra minutes? Mm, I would say it was close to 45 minutes. Because that whole border crossing experience, I think, ended up taking like an hour and a half. Because, like it, I was like, oh, wow, this is really fast. We all got through. But then that's what held us up. It was like about 45 minutes, maybe even more. I can't recall. So like we were, you know, the bus driver was trying to wait for them, making, you know, in case they were able to get through. But I guess, I guess it, it gets to a point where it's like, sorry, guys, we got to go. You got to figure this out on your own. Yeah. At some point you got to call it. Yeah. Um, I think one guy did come out eventually. Like he, yeah. One guy eventually came out and, you know. We thought everything was gonna be fine with him, and then he goes to the bushes to go to, go to the bathroom, <laughs> and uh, the border guard is like watching him closely. Doesn't take kind to that, and then he calls him back. Yeah. And then uh, eventually, and then this other guy who was like hanging out with the bus driver, like up front, talking with him, laughing with him the whole way, distracting him, which is not great, but that's okay. And he, I think, went as like a translator because maybe he knew both languages. And, uh, but eventually I think all of those guys, uh, had to go back and, you know, they, they grabbed their bags and yeah, you just had... yeah, they sent for their bags and then they, uh, yeah. they had to be detained there. But the funny thing was, uh, the, the grandma on this trip, she was not having it. She was not waiting around all this extra time. I know we paid the money for the buses to take us from point A to point B, but as cars were coming up, we saw that she was talking to them and like they're at the border crossing you know, giving their passports and their documentation. And this lady's like talking to cars, like what the heck is she doing? And eventually she has flagged down a taxi that mm -hmm. has dropped off people from the Bosnia and Herzegovina sign, uh, area side. And uh, she's got her, ta ta her uh, taxi. She's told the bus driver or the van driver to give her her things. And she is in the taxi way. on her way. <laughs> so yeah, basically by the time we would have got there, uh, you know, probably by the time we loaded up, she was, she was already in, in her next yeah. location. So, you know, she's got that, that, that experience to know that, like, wisdom. Yep. that wisdom to know this is not uh, going to be pretty. Yeah. Maybe by the time we're her age, we'll uh, gain that wisdom too. Yeah, like, we're, we're trying to save money, but she's like, you know, yeah. I don't got, I don't know how much time I have. I got to get to the next location as yeah. quickly as possible. So that, that was our, that was our border crossing, uh, uh, experience. And then we finally made it to Mostar. Now, one of the most famous uh, landmarks there is, is the Sniper Tower. And this was an old bank, like a, a glass-covered bank that was uh, either open or set to be open, like right before one of the, right before the Bosnian Wars, uh, you know, started in the 90s. And uh, during this time, um, you know, one side was able to use this building to, as you know, a sniper building, to see people all around town. Um, and you know, uh, you know, kind of kill them from like a, a long range. Mm -hmm. So it, it's it's a very you know moving thing, especially if you're walking around town. And we were on the other side of the river, the river that basically uh, separates you know the the two areas of the city. And as we would look up from several different places, we could look up and we could see um, you know that tower. So I mean, it would be like frightening if you're just going to your neighbor's house or going for some errands or even just some fresh air, how many times you'd be kind of vulnerable and exposed to that. But, um, you know, some folks, uh, we don't recommend this and we didn't do this, um, you know, go into the sniper tower. Now it's not a matter of, Hey, it's, it's a museum that you can pay to get into. You can't go to the front door and, uh, just go easily in. But there are some like, uh, you know, like, rocks in the back and it's a little bit shorter for like people to, like jump over and then kind of uh explore it uh we did think about it for a second 
but uh, the, the day that we went to go do it was a Monday, and not just any Monday, it was uh, like Independence Day of Bosnia and Herzegovina, so everyone's off of school, everyone's off of work, uh, the park nearby was busy, and like even the restaurant across, like everyone was out and about, and not a, a good day to, to try to, uh, you know, get in trouble for something like that. Yeah, it was funny because that was the first day we were kind of like exploring the area. And we're like, wow, this town is really lively on a Monday. Like, what's going on? And then I think we had stopped in to get coffee that morning somewhere. And the guy was telling us, oh, well, today is, uh, yeah, like a National Independence Day. Um, so that's why there's a bunch of people out. And we're like, oh, okay, that makes a lot more sense. <laughs> but yeah, like you said, the Sniper Tower was right across from the park. On the park with the Bruce Lee statue. Um, and uh, we're like, yeah, it's definitely not a wise choice uh, to try and climb into this tower on that day in the sight of everybody. Um, but, you know, we decided to just keep venturing off into the park. But when you were thinking about it, you're like, well, maybe if they have like a car or a van that they can get on top of <laughs> and get over that. But, um, you know, we, our legs are getting very strong. But even if we were to attempt something like that, like you're, our upper body strength is not uh, good enough because you basically have to go up to the wall, put your hands over, like push up completely, uh, and then like kick a leg over. It's like even with like the rocks that are there, it's it's not super easy to, to get into this building. And you might be able to because you're tall, but I'm not. I'm not so tall like you. So right. That so yeah, Kati would have been uh, <laughs> would have been really struggling, and it's like uh, it, it's not worth it. They say there's a really good view up there. Um, and inside there's like a bunch of graffiti that you can even see, but you can see, you know, the artwork, um, from the outside, you know, there's even like this one saying, like, we're all looking up at the same sky. So there's this, these, you get to see the, the artwork of the, the people trying to make the most of this because, you know, the, the Bosnian war is back in the nineties and you would think a building like this would be like demolished, mm -hmm. but it, it's still up. Um, you know, people have used it to do graffiti over. Uh, and, and some paintings, you can see the, the bullet holes still on the side of the building and on the streets and on even the buildings very, very close to it. So, um, you know, it's a good historical piece, but um, yeah, as far as actually getting into it, uh, they don't want you to go into it and uh, it's not super easy to get into it uh, either. Yeah, and what's crazy is as we're, you know, venturing into these cities and this part of the world where, yeah, they just had these wars back in the early 90s. like. That, I think for me, like, kind of, I don't know, like, it tripped me up because, you know, we're learning history in school. You're talking about these wars that were long ago, not in your lifetime. And even then, I'm like, wow, even, like, World War One and World War Two were not that long ago. But then to have, you know, evidence of, like, a war that was literally in the past, you know, 30 years, I'm like, that's insane. Like, I'm 30, so I would have been two at the time. And just to think through and try and put myself in these shoes, like living in an area where there was a war going on like that, like that's just insane. Yeah, not just you know going through the war at the time, but still living in that right. place, like to not like escape or or try to you know go away and pretend like it never happened. Like these folks, majority of them, right, anyone our age or older, lived through this, mm -hmm. right? Um, yeah, they were fortunate enough to live through it, and it's. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty intense. I mean, there's a lot of really great things about this city, uh, for sure, but then there's a lot of, like, pain and tragedy that uh, you would think they would just, like, demolish these buildings, but, no, they wanted to, to serve as a reminder that, mm -hmm. you know, we as a people are, are going in the right direction, and uh, these terrible things did happen in the past, but, you know, we're moving, and, and, and we're not going to uh, do these kind of things ever again. So that's probably why they, they keep it up and probably just try decide what to do with that space. Yeah, for sure. Um, but we just kept, you know, venturing off on this uh, beautiful Monday. The weather was great. And uh, we walked through that park, checked out that Bruce Lee statue. Yeah, so we went to the Bruce Lee statue, which is interesting because that obviously having uh, a war and all these different people and groups still living there, uh, you know, they couldn't agree on much, but they there was like a, a committee that said that, hey, we should have a some sort of statue to represent our unity. And the one thing that they could agree on was uh, Bruce Lee, so like, that's interesting that yeah. uh, that's that's there, and there there is a reason there, um, and it's yeah. yeah, right by like a playground too. Yeah, so it was a beautiful playground. Weather was great, and uh, like we said, I guess school was off, so there's a bunch of kids playing around, and I don't know, like if we just give off this vibe of just uh, obviously we're not locals, but 
just to pinpoint that we're American, I'm like, I don't know if you can tell that. I mean, you know, we look very, uh, we look, we, we don't, we don't look like British or something, <laughs> so it doesn't look like we're from the UK. Right. But, um, I don't know if it's just the way we carry ourselves or our sweaters or whatever, but, uh, most people know, like, we speak English. Yeah, like, I think that first morning when we walked out, somebody from across the street hollered, good morning! Like, yeah, I mean, it's one thing to say good morning in its own language and being friendly, but to know that, no, they're not from here. <laughs> like, you guys really, really stick out, and I'm going to say hi to you. Like, they're friendly, so yeah. I guess they're happy to have people from another country, but, uh, yeah. yeah, there's, I guess we can't hide it. I don't know, but there's this kid in the park, super adorable, maybe, like, 10, 11, he runs up and he's like, while we're trying to record the Bruce Lee statue, mind you, he's like, do you know what time it is? <laughs> we're like, um, yeah, well, it's so, not like we don't have the time, but I, I don't know. It was adorable, but it was also just really weird. And he was, I love children. I used to work with children. And so anyways, it was just adorable. Maybe he was wanting to practice his English on us. I don't know, but yeah. Running over. Do you know what time it is? <laughs> like, it was just so cute. <laughs> yeah, I mean, everybody was like super friendly. They, yeah, they just they didn't try to speak uh, Bosnian or any other language. They're like, hey, you guys definitely look American. Yeah. So. Oh yes. That was just. I think that memory's just always gonna stick in my mind for whatever reason. But anyways, moving on. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, that, that kid was super cute and like everyone we met was super friendly from the random guy across the street. We had uh, a waiter at one of the cafes that was telling us all about, um, you know, his experience in America. I think he lived in Virginia or something like Philly, that. Maybe? Or Philly or something Maryland? in the Northeast. Uh, Maryland. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think he worked with like crab cakes oh, at yeah, the, yeah, yeah, the yeah, restaurant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's never like, oh yeah, I lived there, I lived in, you know, New York City or Los Angeles. Usually it's like, oh, I lived in like Maryland or I lived in Vermont. Um, yeah. It's always like the most random place in America that yeah. uh, people who went yeah. to America for like only one time actually went. But And when they meet you, like they jump into like the most detailed questions. They just want to know everything about you. Like, why are you here? What, you know, how much was your Airbnb? Like just different things like that. Like it's just, it's, it's cool. Like, you know. We're used to probably very surfacey type conversations, but to dive into some of these, you know, deep conversations with the locals is, is really awesome. I think that's it. I enjoy that. Yeah, and it's like, you know, when I think uh, Pastor Fabi back in uh, Tirana told us, like, hey, there is no, like, personal, you know, that's personal or that's secret. Don't, don't talk about it. It's like, just talk about anything that you want to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> How much is your hotel? How much money do you make? What's your job? Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah. how's your family? Like, not surface level. Like, oh, they're good. Like, no, how are they? Are they healthy? Are everyone getting along? Like, they, you know, everyone immediately kind of jumps into like this family, like really getting to know you at a, at a deep level. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. That is cool. Um, and then there's, you know, some other monuments besides the Bruce Lee. Uh, another thing that we wanted to see was the Partisan Cemetery. Mm -hmm. And one of the really confusing things is. If you're watching YouTube videos, I mean, we get it. You have to trim it for a time, but people just magically appear at these places. So to get to the part of the cemetery, we enter into Google Maps, which works usually pretty good. Uh, maybe it's not the past week, but usually pretty good, um, where we enter in the location that we want to go, and it, and it takes us there. For this, it wasn't like a, a proper you know monument where it's right off of the main road, so we got lost a bit. Um, it, so it, we got to the end of this road and we thought, okay, how do we actually get to this? Maybe it's, it's up this hill. So we went up this hill that uh, had a church on it and also had um, a clock tower. And <laughs> it's one of those moments that full disclosure, we wouldn't make fun of other people for. We're like, oh, there's a peace tower. It's so beautiful. And then like, we go, go, actually went to the real peace tower. We're like, oh no, that's much smaller and pale in comparison. <laughs> so if that was on film, uh, we would look very silly. <laughs> um, but that wasn't the right way when it went up to a gate. So then we went back to the road and um, along the way that we thought the, the cemetery was and we saw another path with like this, where this billboard was. So like, okay, let's cut through this path. Mm -hmm. And there was like a house on the right and then another gate. So eventually we just went up to like the main road, uh, turned uh, left on that, onto that. And then we saw this other um, little path area like, oh, maybe that's it. Cause there's no signs. Uh, there's no nothing to really uh, guide you or point you into the right direction, but we just kept walking and eventually that this was the area that 
that we needed to go to and it looked really, really cool. Um, so, but then when we got there, there were some other people there and I don't get like hang out just for fun at like a cemetery. Right. So <laughs> like if I was going to go and take, you know, cute, super sexy Instagram pictures or going to be at a cemetery, that just seems really weird to me. But there's these two girls just laughing, having a good time, taking pictures of each other. Now I know that like the view looks really cool, but like you're still at a cemetery. Isn't that weird? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, granted, we did ask them to take a picture of us with the view in the background, but it was just like one photo real fast, not to linger there. Not like a full photo shoot of yeah. how cute you look at a cemetery. Yeah. Mind you, these girls, I appreciate them taking our photo, but she's like, she's like, okay, I got you. And she takes the photo and she's like, kind of getting low and like doing all these angles. I'm like, no, 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 no. I just need a straight on photo. So we didn't, I don't, I didn't think they were the best, but hey, at least we have a, a remembrance of being at the cemetery with a really awesome view with some girls that were also at the cemetery hanging out doing a photo shoot. Yeah. <laughs> so anyways. <laughs> and we were trying, so we, and we were just trying to take some pictures of like the monuments, um, and, uh, you know, like they have this cool sundial and, um, they have like these, uh, like petal or puzzle shaped, uh, like, you know, stone, mm. uh, you know, tombstones with like everyone like that would from the, Yugoslavian army, a partisan army that, uh, you know, was killed during uh, the, these Bosnian wars. Uh, but yeah, so we're, we're, we're walking around that, that general area and then we're just trying to take our pictures. But yeah, between the girls, like just sitting in some of the area or like even when they were out of the shot, like they left their bag on, on one of the monuments. It's like, we're just trying to take these pictures here. Like these girls are just hanging out like it's their own living room or something like that. Uh, and then we they kind of went to the side and, you know, we try to do some, some drone footage and usually, okay. So the way the drone works is very simply is you have like this application, you plug your phone up to it, you turn on, uh, the, the drone itself. And then once the controller is turned on, then you connect the two and then, you know, you can usually fly, but there's this little application that says, usually you can fly no problem. Um, but if you're too close to like an airport or like a military base, you can't fly, right? No problem. But when I got all connected, I was like, oh, this is going to be really cool. Like, let's fly the drone kind of into that sundial because it's like the sundial. And then there's a couple levels down with a different uh, tombstone. So it would look really cool from a drone uh, perspective. But there's like a stadium that was too close to it and we couldn't fly it. But we can see the stadium and not like there's a lot of games going on anyways. But um, that's why it's like when someone comes up to us, like when we were in uh, North Florida, they're like, oh, you can't fly here. I'm like... The drone won't fly if I can't fly here. I can't fly here. So, yeah. but no, normally it's not a problem, but um, we couldn't fly the drone at that point. But mm -hmm. yeah, so that was our experience um, um, there. And um, so it's still pretty cool to, to walk around and, and see all of that. But uh, yeah, it was funny. When we were at that little clock tower, we thought that was a big clock tower. But we eventually did get to the proper peace tower. Mm -hmm. And this is uh, attached to... Um, like a, uh, I think it's a Catholic church that uh, is still being renovated, and it's funny as we're walking up to it, we can see all the um, the, the like basically the whole paint crew. It's like it felt like you're almost at like a construction site because everyone's yeah. walking by, they're covered in paint. And then when we did peek in, uh, there was a, a priest, and uh, he talked to us a little bit. Yeah, he was walking in, um, and again, maybe it's I don't know. Again, he knows we're locals. And he's like, oh, you're visiting. And, you know, he starts asking about us, how long we've been traveling. And then um, at the end of it, he's, uh, you know, just very happy that, it, you know, that there are tourists visiting again and, you know, giving us our best wishes. And um, and then he headed into the to the actual Peace Tower. <laughs> the actual Peace Tower. So, I mean, I'm sure there's some place that you can go and properly uh, buy a ticket. But we <laughs> were just kind of wandering around. The door was open. And uh, the elevator was right there, and we just went up. Um, so this this piece tower is pretty cool because there's um, an elevator you can take that cuts out like 221 of the steps, and then you walk up another like 100 steps or so, and uh, you, you take the elevator up, and then as you're going up the stairs, it is a clock tower, so there are bells that ring. And um, if you think about it, you know, if you're relatively close to the tower, you can hear the bells ringing and that's fine. But when you're actually in it, it's extremely loud. Yeah. I don't think I put two and two together. This is a bell tower. There are bells. It rings every so often. And 
Usually it rings on the hour or, you know, every half hour, but these bells ring every 15 minutes and they were massively loud. Yeah, and there's not much distance when you're uh, a couple of feet from the bells that are ringing as, yeah. as loud as they possibly can. Yeah, the first time they rang, uh, we were heading up and there's this group of guys that were heading down and we're just like all like, we just like froze and then bust out laughing because we realized how loud they were. And uh, yeah, anyways. So just beware if you are climbing any bells that way. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, this one is cool also because as you're going up, there's different pictures and descriptions. So it's also like you are going through a museum because there's like, oh, this, this monument or, or this church or all these kind of different things that you can read about and learn about as you're climbing up. Uh, the bells look really cool if they're not ringing right next to your ear. And then when you get to the top, you have a really good view of the entire city of Mostar, so. Yeah, there was windows on like every side of the tower, so you can see every part of the city, including the part with the old, uh, not old, but the part that we thought was the original uh, Peace Tower. And we saw the Partisan Cemetery from there. Um, we could see the, the mountains in the distance, the snow-capped mountains. So yeah, it's definitely a great view, for sure. I'm sure you can even see the stadium that blocks you from flying the truck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For sure. Yeah, definitely check out the Peace Tower. And then there's the area of Mostar that is also very, probably the most famous, right? Is is the Starry Most. And around that is like an old city, uh, old bridge type of area that they call it. And there's a lot of markets uh, with different souvenirs, with different restaurants, different shops. But, you know, with everything going on, it's hard to tell what's open, what's closed. And it doesn't make a lot of sense on... Uh, when things are going to be over. Yeah, especially because, okay, so like I said, the first day we were exploring was the Monday, so things seemed to be open, and people were out and about, and uh, we're like, oh, this is great, you know, and then the next day, the next time we went out, things were closed, and we're like, wait, what? Is it because of the times? Is it because, you know, we're going in an off-season, it's not the summer? Um, who knows? But we always ended up seeming to go through the Old Town area at the wrong time, or not at the wrong time, I'm sorry, but like when we thought things would be open, they would be closed. And when we thought things were going to be closed, they were open. It just never made sense to us um, because we like to collect patches. So we knew we wanted to go through the market to collect patches and just experience it. But yeah, we never went at the right time. <laughs> um, but because we did walk through the market so many times, we made a stop at a, one of the ice cream gelato spots a, a few times. And uh, the lady... It always ended up being the same lady there and the first time we went she was like uh oh do you want you know the the big size or the small size and we're like oh we'll take the small size and she's like oh you want the baby size that's for children like uh you are a big man why do you want the small size you know and you know kind of played around with us um but what was cool is just even the days that we weren't getting ice cream from her uh she'd be like hey guys you know and i think that's one of the cool things about uh maybe just staying in cities for a week long, you know, is you get to like see some of the same people over and over and you feel like a little bit like it's uh, I don't know, it feels good to be recognized by the people and, and make connections. Um, so I, I enjoyed kind of walking through that area over and over and over again. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, that was cool. Cool earrings. Oh yeah, I got these. <laughs> what? I got these. So yeah, these are one of the things that I got at the market as well. My earrings for those of you listening and watching on YouTube, you can see them. But um, that was one of the times that the market was open. So <laughs> got earrings and our patch. Yeah. So it's the, it still worked out. But um, yeah. And we talked to one of the ladies and she's like, and we're like, when are you guys going to open tomorrow or whatever? She's like, oh, open at like nine o'clock. And then yeah. I don't think she even opened until like, like 11. Yeah, noon or something. So anyways. Yeah. But, you know, with less people is good if you're filming and you're yeah. taking pictures because we're able to get some really good pictures of the Starry Most, the old bridge without anybody on it or even just with like one or two people on it, depending yeah. on when we took the pictures. And, um, you know, there's not a lot of people there, but there were some animals out there. Who yeah. Really loved so, yeah, when you took out the drone, uh, this, so this city had way more cats than dogs from what we've seen. And uh, these cats were so amused by the drone. Maybe it was like the sound of it or something, but, you know, they were kind of, one in particular was just sitting there like listening and watching it as it like left. And then when you were bringing it back down and landed it, 
um, landed the drone, the cat was kind of like coming over and like creeping over the the step, like kind of looking at it. And then like another cat friend comes by. It was just, it was cute. Um, for all you cat lovers, you would enjoy that part of our video. Um, but that was cool. Probably it's like like a bird, right? So yeah. you know, it's like hovering above them and it's making a, a, a sound similar to like a bird flapping its wings like really aggressively. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's why the cat was probably so mesmerized by it. Even when it landed, like it thought about yeah pouncing on it and trying to eat it from like it's a bird. Yeah. But you know we we shoot it away, but it was pretty cute. Yeah, one of the 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 not so great things about like yes, it's good to go in off season when you know there's not a lot of people, but this bridge is known for people like these divers jumping off. Yeah. So it's like what they we've seen you know we didn't see it in person because one the. Water was yeah. probably so cold, yeah. so they might not even do it in the winter. But then also maybe just you know it's off season, it you know everything going on right now, like all of that. But um, I guess what happens is you have these divers; they're part of this divers club, and they kind of hang around the bridge and they collect money. And once they have enough money, then they put on a show and they dive into the uh, the water below. Um, but like I said, we weren't able to witness that, which is okay. We can, we, that's why we have YouTube. <laughs> we yeah. can go watch that somewhere else. Um, but what was really cool was one of the times we were walking across the bridge, and also be careful, this bridge is slippery. Um, there was this lady kind of calling out from the tower on the top attached to the bridge saying, Bosnian coffee, Bosnian coffee. And we're like, that intrigued us because we knew we wanted to get Bosnian coffee. Because, I mean... With things like clothes, you know, we've heard, oh, go to Cafe Alma, like you'll go in there, you'll get the traditional Bosnian coffee experience, they'll explain it to you, sit down with you, and every time we went to go, I mean, they're rated on TripAdvisor, you see it on everyone's blog, and every time we'd go there, it'd be closed, like that and another one of the restaurants that was highly recommended, closed every time, so it's like, you know, dang, we're not going to get this experience, and mm -hmm. we're not going to see what the uh, Bosnian coffee should be like. So when she was calling from above, like an angel, yeah. <laughs> it was uh, it was it was intriguing for us. That's that's why it was so cool. Yeah, and so we're like, okay, let's let's head on up there and kind of check it out. So we go in and uh, up the steps, and we open the door, and um, it I don't know, I felt like it was somebody's living room for the moment we walked in, right? And so a uh, lady comes over, and you know, she offers us. Bosnian coffee, and then uh, there's a couple other people there. Um, one older lady was sitting in the corner, I guess, with the best view, and so the lady that was making the coffee, she's like, no, 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 move, let them sit there, kind of thing. <laughs> so the older lady kind of stepped over to one of the other seats, and there was this old guy there, um, older gentleman there, kind of just chatting away and asking us um, some stuff and kind of sharing uh, information about the city and the people there and then um when it was time to to drink the coffee he comes over he's like here uh let me show you how or whatever you know and so he sits down and just with the like the most calm kind of pace and just is showing us kind of how the the they drink their coffee how the coffee is made and how you know this type of coffee is is meant for people that go at a slow pace and have time to to make the coffee and you even as I'm like speaking about it I tend to talk really fast I'm like recalling it and it's just very chill and tranquil and um, very nirvana as he said um, so it was a really cool experience um, one to be able to you know talk to another local and hear their thoughts um, but also to drink this Bosnian coffee in the traditional way while we were sitting right next to the Starry Most Bridge. Yeah, so you're at a tower where you're looking over the Starry Most, you're looking over a lot of Mostar, and, you know, yeah, a lot of people drink <clears throat> caffeine to uh, give them a little bit of a perk, a little bit of an energy, so it seems like um, kind of the opposite of what you would do to, like, take it slow, to sit there and talk to people, but that's really how it should be, right? We talk about you know coffee culture, and we've seen it a lot in you know, Albania and Montenegro that we went to as well. And everyone's just hanging out drinking coffee, but it's not just to get energy; it's to just a meeting place to learn about people, to hear about their lives, and all the details and all the personal personal things that quote unquote that Americans would say don't talk about is what you talk about over coffee. So it was really cool to 
to hear him and uh, have him explain it to us and just how like slow and mm -hmm. it really is mesmerizing, right? Because yeah. you, uh, you make the coffee and then you stir it up, which is like, you know, you're not just drinking it right away. You put your sugar cube in uh, into your, your cup and then after you're stirring it for a little while, then you pour in uh, the uh, coffee that you've stirred up and then there's also the like rahat lokum, which, um, you know, other people might refer to as uh, Turkish delight, but you know, they have their own version and you can eat that to add additional sugar to it. But like, it's this whole process mm -hmm. uh, that we're able to, to film and experience. And I'm really happy that we did because I was really <laughs> bummed every time we go by this cafe mm -hmm. and we couldn't get this true experience, but this was like 10 times better. Yeah, it was, and it felt, and it felt magical too. Like it was during golden hour, which as a photographer, like that is my favorite time of day. Um, and so the sun is beaming through the windows and, you know, it's hitting these copper metals, like at just the right light and the steam is coming up at just the right, like it just, it, yeah, it felt, it literally was mesmerizing, especially when I was like editing the video and like slowing it down. I'm just like, if I could relive a moment, it probably, besides our wedding day, of course, um, <laughs> I would relive that moment so far from our travels for sure. Yeah, it, it was it was awesome. And just like the timing of it, of we're just walking by, there's no one else. And the entire, we walked over that bridge, I don't know how many times, a lot of times. And that was the only time she was calling out for people to uh, like come up. So it was just like the perfect experience at the perfect time. Yeah. Uh, we did walk over it again. And this bridge is very slippery, uh, which is what they don't tell you. And then one of the locals, I think he told us, right? The guy, the guy or the Someone woman. Did that. But there's like 93 steps to uh, memorialize, you know, the year 1993 when that bridge is completely destroyed and it's been since rebuilt, obviously. But uh, in addition to it serving a good memory, it really helps because that bridge is super slippery and you have to be very intentional when you're walking across. So as we're walking across the bridge, the one time though, I look up and I see the lady. She's not, she doesn't have the window open. She's not calling for people to come up and drink pods and coffee. She just waves. And I completely, I, I go up and I wave and I completely lose track of what I'm doing and I almost completely slip and fall. <laughs> and I've made direct eye contact with this lady. And uh, so we know each other. We've had coffee together and I'm <laughs> like an idiot, almost like completely falling on my butt, <laughs> waving up to this lady. Yeah. But um, yeah, it was cool. And while we were up there, no, okay, you not falling is is not cool. But I meant to say it was the experience was cool. And while we were up there, they mentioned, uh, yeah, this is kind of where the divers, you know, come and and prep and tell each other what to do beforehand before diving into the water or whatever. So um, I think there was another actual room attached to that area for the divers club. But they, I think, would just kind of go up there and, and have coffee or whatever. Um, so yeah, it was definitely a really, a really cool experience. And I think that was towards the end of our trip um, too. And it was just a good way to kind of like wrap that up for sure. Yeah, so we really had a, a good time in Mostar. Um, but that's not the only place that we visited uh, in that general mm -hmm. area. We also visited Bulagai. Yeah. Which is um, really famous for an Instagram photo spot. I think you said you didn't really know about it, but yeah. I think I watched it from some other YouTubers who were like, want to go and see this baby's Instagram spot. And uh, full disclosure, I was like, I don't really get it. Like, okay, it's a house against a mountain. It does look cool, but like you really just go in there to see that because I didn't see anyone besides one guy when we were doing research, you know, very recently that actually toured the house. Like I didn't see anything else there. It was just like, oh, it's a house against a mountain. Like you see that a bunch. Well, I can kind of understand it. Like once we did get to that spot where you take that Instagram famous photo, like the way the white building contrasts against the the mountain and the water, and then you have the reflection of the house in the water, like it does look really cool. But that's not the only part of that area that is very photographable and beautiful because you know, that base of the mountain is where the Buna River begins. So like that's where it springs from. And then 
like it kind of does a little dip and creating a, and it creates a little bit of a waterfall so there's this rushing water next to these restaurants with the house in the back and the cave in the background so like if you take a few steps kind of further out you get this bigger beautiful picture of this whole space so when we decided to visit Blagai, we took that kind of day trip it's about 30 minutes from Mostar um we decided okay we don't want to just take that one picture there but we want to explore experience all of that and then also see what else the city has to offer yeah so when we did we, we did go there yet yeah, so we went to the uh, you know the instagram spot and when it's not you know and it's not in winter so if you're going to go in like the caves of belize or any of these other kind of caves like you can't go in winter because the water rises too high and it's not safe so there was nobody i guess when you get there for like one or two euros each they'll take you into the cave to kind of see the source of it and it does look very peaceful, but um, that wasn't happening. Water didn't look like ridiculously high, but that's that's what they said. So they take a cable, and you know the cable from one area where the boat, little boat. I mean, it's like a uh, like a canoe. <laughs> so, like it's a really small thing. But they'll take you. They'll kind of go along the, the 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 cable and kind of go against the current to take you into the cave where the Buna River starts. Mm -hmm. The cable wasn't up. There's no boat like that. That wasn't happening. Mm -hmm. um, but you can still see into the cave and it doesn't do it. And it's like, how is there a waterfall? But like when you're there in real life, you can see the water is like rushing pretty good. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's like super clear whether you're on that the side with the boat or you're on the other side of the, with the dervish house. So if you're going to go visit that, you pay, I don't remember how much. I think it's five euros. I think it's something like five euros a, a person. And you get access to uh, the dervish house and the guy at the the gates, the ticket uh, taker or whatever said, oh, there'll be someone in there to, you know, explain things to you and, and to kind of explore with you and, and show you around. I think I, I think we saw the lady, but then she like dipped out into another side room. So we didn't get like the proper tour that we were supposed to get, but uh, it, it was still okay because like there was only a couple other people there. So we both basically had the dervish house to ourselves. Now, to be respectful, you know, um, because it's a monastery, I think it's a, a version of Islam, um, where, so when you're going in, you have to, you know, women have to cover up their mm -hmm. hair and you're supposed to wear like long pants or a skirt, but they do provide uh, additional scarves and um, uh, skirts at, at the entrance. Yeah, and it, it's still being used today too, so that's also another reason for sure. Yeah, so it's still being used, so if you go at certain times, you'll, you'll see people praying, um, you know, as you're walking through, uh, so yeah, you take off your shoes, everybody, uh, women need to wrap their hair, uh, and then everyone needs to wear like, you know, long pants or women could wear like a long skirt. Well, did you, what did you do when you went there? Did you use the skirt they had or you just used No, it? I just had my, um, leggings on and I brought my skirt just in case, but it didn't seem like I needed to. So. Yeah, so, uh, but yeah, you wrapped your hair and things like that and mm -hmm. we took off our shoes there, which is a good practice, you know getting dirt and all this yeah. kind of stuff into your house. Uh, so we, we walked around and it was interesting because, you know, they have a sign to tell you about who found it, like this sect of, of the religion. Mm -hmm. And um, it's interesting in, in uh, Islam where, you know, the, the very important people will have like a, these above ground tombs. So it's like, uh, like these tombs, like in a house or these tombs outside of uh, a mosque where, you know, the, the person who invented or um, the person who invented either the, the sect of the religion or was a, a very famous, popular person is still buried to this day, tied to the thing that they're most known for. So we saw that um, they have this one view where the, the Quran is open and it's like this huge version of it and it's looking right out at the source of the river. Yeah, and then um, there's, and there's also like a saying like from everything, um, from water comes everything. So everything kind of ties in spiritually to the, um, to the the source of the river uh so to have like a, a religious building there uh tied in with uh you know the water and the nature and the the, the source of the the river is, is a pretty cool place yeah and i guess that makes sense as to the, that placement for sure yeah so that that's an interesting thing so don't just go there and go to the instagram spot also make sure you tour the dervish house um, and then you could also eat there as well. There's a couple of restaurant options. Yeah, there's a couple of restaurant options. And oh, another good reason as to uh, us going to places in off seasons is uh, the one restaurant that has a better view of the waterfall with the house in the background and the cave. 
um, has these seats, like literally almost kind of hovering the waterfall. And um, I would imagine during busy seasons, it's packed with people, but because it wasn't, we kind of kind of went in there. We were looking at the menu to see if we wanted to eat there. But while we were doing that, I also, you know, was able to take some pictures right in that spot with like the water kind of super close to me. And so that was, because you had to be bending over people sitting there eating if, to take notes of pictures. Yeah, if there were people there, but there weren't. So I was very thankful for that because then we got to, to get some of those really cool shots as well. Yeah. So, yeah, not just the Instagram spot, which is cool. Not just the Dervish house. Not just some... Um, there was mixed reviews. The restaurant that we went to was really awesome. We enjoyed that. But you also see the waterfall. But in addition to all that, there's also a fort. Um, we don't have a car, we don't have like an international driver's license or anything like that. So we either have to walk places or take a bus. So we took a bus to the general area that was close to the Dervish house, but then to get to the fort, it was an additional walk. And it was, um, so you walk what? I think, so yeah, it was like, I want to say like maybe 40 minute walk from the Dervish house to the base of the mountain where the fort was. And that's where you, that's where like the proper parking lot is. We did yeah. see one, uh, two, two women like drive up there and park. So there's, there's a bit of a walk, but you could also drive up the mountain to get to that spot. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I think it was about a 20 minute hike from the base of the mountain up to the top to, to get into the fort. Um, and we didn't know what we were expecting. Like, you know, we haven't seen too many people visit this, so we didn't know what to expect. And so I didn't think we were going to do a lot of walking that day. So I just wore my little slip-ons. Uh, and so they're not the proper hiking shoes, but they, uh, they managed, they did a really good job. So, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, so there, there are, so you basically go up in like a zigzag formation. Yeah. We didn't actually like hike, hike, you know, there was a little bit of a path. So. Yeah, but, it, but, it, <laughs> but on the part actually up the mountain, um, you know, there are a bunch of stones and stuff like that. So it's not like a smooth path or anything like that, but it is, it is, you know, blazed out for you mm -hmm. to go there, or you can go straight up on like, just a path of, of rocks, but, uh, that looked extremely dangerous. If you were to slip, you'd be basically done. So, so we, we didn't want to do that, mm -hmm. but we, uh, did eventually get to the top. And this is cool because there wasn't, um, you know, a ticket taker, there was no entrance, there was no gate. Um, if you're brave enough to hike that 50 minutes from the Dervish house or drive and then go up the mountain by yourself, you, the reward you get, as you said, is uh, being able to get in for free, mm -hmm. uh, which is pretty cool because there were those other two women uh, who were there, but they basically just went to one section of the fort and camped out. And yeah, I think they packed uh, some food and they were watching the sunset. So, I mean, hey, if I lived in that area, I'd probably go hang out there for the sunset too. <laughs> yeah. So this fort was cool because, yeah, you get a great view of the entire city of Lagai. Um, so not just like the Dervish House area, but all the city area too. So you can see all of that. And, um, you know, I think it's, uh, it was a pretty cool setup. So like there's some like openings where you can see other things as well. Um, but yeah, it's a really cool place to walk around. Not as huge as everything else that we've seen, but it was cool because it was more like, hey, this isn't like a national attraction. There's no signs, there's no information. Mm -hmm. uh, but after being up there for a few minutes, we did get joined uh, by some other guys who uh, were really awesome and told us a lot of cool stories. And I think they're a local tour guides. They work mm -hmm. for, I think Hezek Day Tours is the name of their uh, group. They have like a Facebook page and uh, Instagram, I think as well. And um, they told us all about uh, Hersig and um, how it basically ties to it being like mild weather and the Mediterranean environment and about the proper name of the fort and just all the history. We have all of that audio uh, in our YouTube uh, video on uh, guy. So definitely, you know, check that out. But it, it, it's just one of those things, again, like the locals are like so like proud of their their city and their country. And it's not like to be like, hey, we're better than you or like to separate or be a divider or anything like that. It's just they're truly proud. And if someone else is there visiting them, it's like such a great honor, right? Mm -hmm. So a lot, a lot of Americans are like, oh, you know, don't show up to my house or anything like that uninvited or, you know, don't, uh, you know, don't come to my country or whatever. But like, they're like, we're happier in our country and we want to tell you about it and, and why we're so proud of it. So 
we've just been very fortunate to have these experiences where people share, uh, you know, the history and the culture, and we've learned so much just from the locals we've been able to meet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, they were really nice, and um, yeah, so we explored a little bit, learned some about it, and then uh, we took the path back down. We saw another stray dog who uh, <laughs> was trying to follow us as well, and then he actually did follow us back a little bit, and he found some other dogs, and uh, he went off the trail. He took care of his own business, let's just say, uh, and then we, we made it uh, back. So uh, a great time. We got a guy, lot more to do than just uh, see uh, the one Instagram spot, uh, even though that is pretty cool as well. From there, um, we went to a third city, and we stayed here much longer. The Blagai trip was just a day trip, but this was uh, a bus to, uh, we took a bus to Sarajevo. Um, and yeah, this had a completely different like vibes. And this was more of like a proper, uh, I want to say like proper city, but it, it's more like, you know, a, a bigger city with more people, especially at the time, I guess that we went to Mostar. It's like an older kind of city. So there wasn't a lot of people around, but this was like true uh you know city and everything like that yeah it's filled with restaurants and shops and uh uh especially the the old part area the bashtarsia market that's kind of where we stayed near and um when we got there i think we got there midday so we dropped off our stuff and then went to go find lunch um and there was just a lot more people out and about and it felt you know like a bigger city i don't think we've felt a city like that since we were in tirana because Mm. tirana is huge um, and all the other places we visited so far are smaller towns. So yeah, it definitely vibes that, uh, there's a different energy for sure. I think that's what I'm trying to get at. <laughs> yeah. And it, it, it has it had to be big and it had to have, um, you know, all the infrastructure in, in place because it did host, uh, you know, the winter Olympics in 1984. So mm-hmm. it is, it is a large, um, city and it definitely has, uh, a definitely a, different feel but yeah as you're going around the Bascharcia, the old market um you know it's very famous for like it's copper art it was like one one area is just hey we do copper art and uh i read that you could still see people doing it to this day so we just walked around just to see if we could find anybody and we did come across uh, someone who actually yeah. uh did copper art still yeah we were as we were walking through that little kind of alley area we heard some banging and we're like following the sound of the, the banging noise. Um, but we turned into a little shop and there was this guy that we met who has been doing copper art and he's been carrying out this um, copper art craft through his family for four generations. He is the fourth generation and kind of as we're looking at his art and he's sharing some of his history, um, you know, we noticed there was this newspaper article that kind of said, uh, from war uh, comes art and so, I don't know, we kind of just, as we were, you know, seeing a lot of other stuff, just kind of kept that guy in the back of our mind, um, just to, to see how, like, you know, through the, his story, uh, you know. Like everything that they, they went through, right? Yeah. And it's not just like, oh, I have a fourth generation, you know, business, everything's been fine. It's like, they've been through like wars and like these awful tragedies and they still didn't uh lose sight of art so for some people to be like oh i'm not doing that anymore like that's what my parents did or i'm not doing that anymore like i don't have it in my heart to to create because it's not yeah i mean they're these literally banging these these things together and making it from scratch i mean Mm -hmm. everything from like bookmarks to plates Mm -hmm. and everything had a big meaning he even had like one gold plate that he said this is not for sale because it has my like an emblem to represent himself and his father and his mm-hmm. grandfather. Mm-hmm. So there's just so much little detail into these things. And it's so amazing, like, that you could tell, you know, the story of, like, hey, this is the time of the Olympics. This is the time of the Bosnian Wars. This is the time of every single thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, these things last for a lifetime. So yeah. it was interesting to, to meet him and, and to hear his story, too. Yeah, and he had a son, and he told us that, you know, his son was learning, too, how to make how to make the art. Um, so yeah, it, you know, it, it, it's very important. Um, I'm sure not just to his family, but to many of the, the families there that have learned that, that craft. Yeah. And, uh, for the most part, the, the, the weather was good. We got to walk around Bascharcia and see the Sabel and, and the pigeons and all that kind of stuff. Those crazy plump pigeons. Yeah. <laughs> they, the, the, the pigeons are, are always around because they're being fed. You can tell that they're eating a lot for sure. 
Yeah. Uh, so the weather was mostly good, but uh, towards the end it did get very cold. It even started to, to snow. Um, so that was uh, pretty intense to be you know, snowed on as we're out and about in Sarajevo. Yeah. But we still did get to see a lot of things. So there's like a museum pass where you could see five museums for basically the price of one, which is a good deal, but the museums are only open from like 12 to, I don't know, it's like 11 to one or- it's That's only... what they said, but I don't even think they kept it to that. Cause I think one of the, yeah. we tried at, to go to one of the museums at noon and they're like, oh, we're closing in five minutes. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> so we're able to see, I think the Despich house, uh, which is how someone would have lived if they were, um, you know, like a wealthy business person or something like that. And then we're able to go to the oldest like synagogue in the area that mm -hmm. is not an active practicing one anymore, but it's a museum of like Jewish history in Bosnia and Herzegovina. So we got to see two of them, but like, there's no way I don't think you can go through all five. We went to the first museum like right when it opened. So, mm -hmm. but it's still something that you could see. Um, another cool aspect of the city is like, the area dedicated to Gadi Huzebeg. So he was uh, someone who, um, you know, had a lot of power and um, he really wanted to contribute to the city. So there's a, a mosque dedicated to him, there's a library, there's um, a clock tower, and uh, he was a, the sponsor of like the first and the oldest uh, schools in Bosnia and Herzegovina. So there's a lot of history there. We'll go into, we went into more of the details. We show that in our blog, but it's pretty cool that there'd be like just one person who left such a lasting memory mm -hmm. from like religion just to education uh, to all kinds of uh, things um, around the city. Yeah, and all his stuff was kind of in that Bashtarsia market area, the, the older part of the city. Mm -hmm. And then there's another area that's uh, probably the most famous. There's a Latin bridge area. Uh, that's where uh, Gabriel Princep, um, you know, assassinated uh, the heir to the Austro-Hungarian throne. Um, those events, you know, as, as a pinpoint to the start of World War One. there's obviously a lot of moving parts, a lot of different things that happen, but that's, um, you know, kind of the, the story that's told and, and, and the launching point, if you will. So there's a lot of history there. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of bridges that, that cross over that uh, river. They're not huge. They're all, they, some of them cars can go on, but mostly you can walk over them. But just a lot of history between the museums um, and on one side of the Latin Bridge, we didn't uh, get a chance to go into it because the hours are crazy, but uh, they, they tell more of the story and have some of the artifacts related to uh, Gabriel Princep and Franz Ferdinand and uh, some more pictures and, and some more history uh, there as well. Um, another major spot of the city is the meeting of cultures. And this is basically a line in the sand separating the new style buildings or the newer style buildings. Um, and then you turn around, do a 180, and you see like the older side, like the old town where the Bastarsia is and all the old Ottoman style buildings. So uh, that's that's pretty cool to uh, see like the, the stark contrast between the older style and the new. There's a lot of different restaurants. There's a lot of options, uh, but there was one restaurant we went to basically every day. <laughs> yeah, um, Hans Calabara Han, I think. And it was in the uh, old part of the city. And I think we popped in there because uh, we needed something warm to eat on that snowy day. Um, so we ended up getting some soups that day, but it was really good. And we're like, oh, we need to come back a different day to try some of the other stuff. stuff. And we did. I, yeah, we, I think we ate there almost every day. Um, but their food was delicious and this is not sponsored by them, but we, yeah, we went there uh, I think every day and tried almost every single plate. Um, also, yeah, it was just delicious. And they had like an indoor area, they had an outdoor area. Um, there like lights up um, in like their little courtyard area. Yeah. People look cool at night. Yeah, so one of the nights that we were walking by, we saw it at night and we're like, oh, like we just kept being gravitated towards that spot. Um, and the people that worked there were awesome. Um, I think the first waiter we had was great. And then as the week went on, we had you know, great waiters each time. Um, and so, yeah, it was, it was, it was good. Yeah. So we enjoyed that and, uh, it's cool how they bring it out. They bring out like a lot of warm bread, which we might have taken some of it back to the hotel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, warm soups and, uh, yeah, great waiters, uh, who were super friendly. Uh, we went back like on the third day 
and they were like, oh, we hope we get the same waiter, but we got a different one, and he was uh, even nicer than, than the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, in addition to uh, that for, you know, for lunches, we even went to this one pub, and this really felt like we were back in 2019, mm-hmm. because, um, well, we really, really originally wanted to go to a brewery museum, but then I read the reviews, and they were not uh, so best, uh, but then I found, like, the top rated on TripAdvisor, um, you know, kind of bar to go to and you, you walk into this place like yeah, it's smoky uh but like there's tons of people in there it's like complete you you would think yeah you're back in 2019 none of this crazy stuff was going on uh so we originally uh when we walked in there was uh, two women who were sitting at the table by the entrance and the bartender moved them to the back and then he sat us there and as he sat us they were only there for like a minute and we we're like yeah, they wanted to move because it's freezing. Right by the door. You're right by the door and all the cold air is coming in. Yeah. And um, then eventually he saw another table that was opened up and he, he moved us yeah. uh, cl- further away from the door, closer to the kitchen and uh, in the bar area. And as we look up, we see like them delivering all this food. Like there was like these mammoth burgers, like these <laughs> big sausages. It's like basically like you're in like the Flintstones, like yeah. how big like the, the, the food portions were. Um, and you know, they're playing like some Spanish music. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it was like, almost like you're at like a bar in Miami, you know, like really kind of low lights. Mm-hmm. It was like smoky. There's a bunch of people. There's even this one little spot where you can like sit and look over some of the rest of the restaurant. I think on the way to the bathroom, which was weird, but had a good view and more of a private seat, uh, seating area. And then we saw some, uh, more like copper items uh, dedicated to, and this place is called Muchko, uh, and um, it, it's basically what they repurposed the mascot from the Olympics, basically. Yes, yeah. Um, so yeah, with these like fox, this like red fox, and he was on this copper plate. Uh, it's holding like the Olympic flame or like something like that in mm-hmm. one hand, and his current on the current, um, you know, uh, mascot or symbol for the uh, for the bar. It's the same fox, but he's holding like a beer or something like that. So yeah. he changed out the beer for the uh, Olympic symbol. But yeah, it's like a really cool like vibe, and is like you could rarely get a uh, like draft beers or anything like that. But he were able to do that, mm-hmm. and because uh, uh, you had the uh, the Carlsberg mm-hmm. um, draft beer, which is like a lager. Yeah, and as we walked in, they had a bunch of like kind of paintings in the little alley heading into the bar, and. There's like a painting on there with the name of that beer and it says the best beer in the world or something like that. And I'm like, Psh, whatever. And I ended up getting that beer and it was really good. <laughs> I'm not one to drink a lot of beer, but um, but I liked it. It was good. Yeah. Another uh, draft beer that they had that I got that was super awesome was they had a like a red IPA, which was from Bosnia and Herzegovina. So nice local draft that had like a nice high hoppy flavor. So uh that place was awesome yeah you said that was your favorite beer so far right yeah because i like ipa like a more flavorful one and a lot of them are just like lagers or whatever and i think draft tastes better than like in a bottle so i do agree with that if it's draft i would prefer a draft beer than a bottled or a canned beer i can taste the difference when it comes to that yeah, <laughs> yeah. so that was a, a super cool spot to find and um you know had a great time there and just uh, great time overall in Bosnia Herzegovina. I mean, we learned so much about like history. Mm-hmm. We were introduced to the proper Bosnian coffee drinking experience and we met some friendly locals who told us all about the, the city that we were in. And you know, Bosnia Herzegovina just has a whole lot, right? I mean, there's famous bridges, a lot of uh, history, there's like castles, there's monuments to the good things and to the not so good things. Um, so there's so much there and we just appreciate you listening to, to this podcast, you know, to give you longer episodes, uh, we're trying to make a podcast per country, which will include one, two or three different cities. And, uh, when those are ready, they'll be released on YouTube, Spotify, and on Apple or whatever podcast provider you use. In the meantime, we'll have our, you know, either vlogs or short travel films each and every week on YouTube. So even if there's not a podcast, there will be a video. And we do have daily content on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. This is Witty Travels. What could possibly be next?